We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Monday Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. I'm Jake Letarski, joined as always on Mondays by Chris Benzine. If you are out there on Twitter, go ahead and give Chris a follow, please, at Crispy27202. You can follow me on Twitter at JakeSki52. The ski really coming through with another win for Poland in the Euro Cups here. Speaking of Euro Cups, Copa America... All the TV Sunday night, I mean, Clayton Kershaw on Sunday Night Baseball, that's primetime TV. You can't go wrong there. But out of all your TV options, Chris, were you watching Kershaw? Did you check out Copa America? Or did you go ahead and f- tune into that Game of Thrones Season 6 finale? I uh, I will say I did watch a little bit of the Copa America, but I didn't see all of it. I did see some of that game. Um, I didn't really watch either of those. I was on my own schedule last night, so I kind of, I kind of didn't uh, tune in as much last night to some of those games. But uh, I, and I'm not. I know there's a ton of people out there that love Game of Thrones, but I haven't really. It's not the show that I've uh, I've I've gotten into. I don't know. I'm, I've been told I should, uh, but I've never really gotten into it yet. So hey, there'll always be another day for that. You know. Normally, me, being the huge Kershaw fan I am, would tune into that game, but I actually caught... uh, The game was off in the background at one of my uh, favorite uh, restaurants in Madison, but... um I was watching the Copa America, tuned into Game of Thrones afterwards, so got my fill of baseball during the day, but haven't yet 
came close to my fill of baseball this Monday here. We've got a 10-game slate tonight. Uh, of course, there are the Dodgers and the Pirates uh, going on early right now as we record, actually. So we're going to focus on the 10-game slate. Uh, pretty decent slate for a Monday night, actually. There are a lot of decent top-tier options. We've got Arietta at 11-9, Syndergaard, Thor at 10-8. Some mid-tier options, Jeff Samarja, 9,400, Trevor Bauer, 8,900, Matt Shoemaker, can't Deny what he's been doing lately, 8,500. And you've got Adam Wainwright at 8,400. Chris, for cash games, you need a safe strategy. Who are you looking to uh, lock into your lineup on, on Monday night? Yeah, the pitcher I'm looking at is uh, we're going with Thor here, going against the Mets, or not going against the Mets. He's going against the Nationals. Um, and he's facing a Nationals club that has scored three runs or less, three runs or fewer in seven of his last in seven of their last eight games. he uh, final, They finally broke their seven-game losing streak Sunday, but that offense as a whole has, has struggled as of late. And uh, Syndergaard should be able to take advantage of that. He, he faced the Mets already once this year, and he struck them out ten times, set down ten batters via the K. And uh, I, I just really like – I prefer Syndergaard in that matchup. You do have uh, a decent – adversary in Joe Ross in that game and the Mets offense has been bad but even if even if Syndergaard doesn't get the win I feel like there's enough floor for him that that uh, I'm willing to to go with him even if he doesn't pick up the win but I feel like there's still a good chance for that too because while both lineups have been have been struggling I feel like uh, I feel like Syndergaard's good enough to get the win even Mm -hmm. even despite that and and if I'm not going to go with him there is some there's some rain, I believe, in the forecast for this one, so if I'm not going to go with that one, uh, if, if you do check back with that and it doesn't look like it's too promising, the guy, other guy I would go with was uh, is Jake Arrieta. Seems like an obvious play. Mm-hmm. He is the top guy on the board. And he's facing the Reds, so yeah, I'm gonna put in my vote for Arietta. Excuse me, I'm gonna respect, respectfully disagree on Syndergaard, uh, just because there's a little bit too much of a question mark for me here. He got pulled from his last start, maybe a little bit early. There's that elbow issue. I think they're gonna monitor his progress closely. If there's any sign of discomfort whatsoever, he's getting the axe. So I just don't really have a lot of faith in one him pitching deep into this game to have a big FanDuel performance and hit value at ten thousand eight hundred. And two, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Mets offense to score many runs I mean that that lineup has been pretty dreadful lately they gave Granderson and Cabrera the day off yesterday so they should be back in action today but I'm going to try to fade Noah Syndergaard tonight and I'm not expecting to see really high ownership that being said you could almost consider him in GPPs for that reason because if he does come out and strike out 10 not a whole lot of people are going to have him in their lineups but yeah I'm going to Arietta today a lot of reasons for that Uh, biggest for me being Cubs are minus 228 favorites and I mean he's on the road but his price is under 12,000 as long as as long as that price is under 12,000 I think he's always going to be in play and you know I like the Vegas odds I like the matchup against the Reds it isn't the most pitcher friendly ballpark but to put the icing on the cake here to put the cherry on top don't forget that back on April 21st, Arietta went and threw himself a no-hitter in a 16-0 victory at Great American Ballpark. Did walk four in the outing, needed 119 pitches. That was a season high for him, but he's done it before. And, of course, the Reds probably have some pride and are not going to let that happen to them again. But at the same time, I think all the factors are lining up in Arietta's favor to have a big game 
as such, I'll be locking him into all of my cash game lineups today. Uh, what about hitters, though? Let's shift to hitters before hitting tournament pitchers. There's a lot going on in the hitting department tonight. Of course, a smaller slate, but there's a lot of bad pitchers on the slate, Chris. want to highlight the Blue Jays at Rockies. The over-under on that game is 12. And then I also want to ha- highlight the Rangers at the Yankees. Chichi Gonzalez making his 2016 debut against Ivan Nova. The over-under on that game is 9.5, of course, at Yankee Stadium there. Um, I guess let's just take it down. Before we talk about stacks in full, let's do position by position so we can uh, kind of lead into our recommended stacks for the day. So, Chris, if you're looking uh, at a potential stack here, let's just take it from the top. Who are you looking at at the catcher spot tonight? Wait, we're looking at stacks? Are we talking? Well, we're looking at, uh, we're just looking at catchers positions. potentially. Yeah, we'll do positions and we can do some stacks a little bit later on. Usually the positions lead into the stacks, yep. right? Yep. Uh, so one of the one of the catchers I'm looking at is Robinson Chirinos. He's sitting at 2,200 going against Ivan Nova. Nova's struggling a lot recently and he's, a, he's allowing a fair number of home runs every start. And uh, it gives you a cheap option behind the plate if you want to pair it with. Uh, Pair it with a heavy pitcher, an expensive pitcher like Arietta, like Syndergaard, some of those top tier guys. Um, he's a guy that is not, he hasn't been great recently. So you have to be prepared for the potential for a zero in this, in this uh, game here. But he is at 2,200. So, and he's got a nice matchup. I could see that being a good play. Um, the one I actually like a little more, actually, at the same price is Miguel Montero going against. Dan Straley. Um, How is he that cheap? Yeah, he's at 2200 wow. because he's been poor, but he's he still owns a 730 OPS on the road and a 708 against right-handed pitching. So he's really been struggling against lefties and at home. There's both of these matchups at Great American Ballpark going against Dan Straley. And Straley's allowed, um, Straley has been good this year, but he's allowed, now allowed 10 runs in his last 10 and a third innings over the last two starts. So he's shown some signs of cracking. You're getting Montero as a really cheap option there, and I feel like that's a good play at that price. Man, Montero's the ultimate GPP play because in the last 10 games, he's all, he's hit almost 25 points twice. He's got a 25-7 and a 24-7 in there. Also, he's risky because three of the last four, he's it's been a goose egg. Now he's started back-to-back contests. Probably going to end up catching Arietta tonight. Uh, Wilson Contreras always in play the way he's been playing. Uh, he started in left field for a couple games in a row, so we'll see if Contreras gets a start or not. If he does, three thousand isn't bad. I also um, another three thousand dollar option at the catcher spot that I personally like. I like uh, Cameron Rupp as part of a Philly stack tonight. Yeah, you heard me right. We've got a Philly stack. They're at Chase Field. Um, against Robbie Ray, so those right-handed bats are going to come really in handy. And if you want to use Arietta, the Phillies are a stack that I'm going to consider using. Uh, Cameron Rupp is one way to go about doing that. Um, also, you got to look at uh, Carlos Ruiz at 2200. If he gets to start over Rupp, then uh, that's someone that you might need to consider here. But let's move on to first base, Chris. There's a lot of intriguing plays uh, tonight, a lot of expensive options with, of course, Edwin Encarnacion sitting at the top of the list at a $4,800 salary here. That game at Coors Field, do you want to find a way to get a piece of that one way or another? Do you pay up for Encarnacion, or are we moving down the list trying to find value elsewhere? The one player I have highlighted today is one of my favorite plays. It's another guy in that Yankees Rangers game, Prince Fielder at 2,400 going against Nova. Same pitcher applies here, same conditions and everything as Chirinos. 
their game is at Yankee Stadium, which is generally friendly to left-handed hitters. And uh, he's showing recent signs of life at the plate. He's has now has two home runs in his last three games, and he has a hit in the last all of his last eight games. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, many factors going in his favor tonight. He's still sitting at just twenty four hundred. Dirt he's, cheap. So he's another guy that you can go for a, for a lot of value at that position if you want to pay up at other. And I could see him hitting value. You can maybe utilize some of those uh, Rockies and and Toronto bats in other positions too because. They're going to be expensive nearly across the board. Yeah, I mean, even if you use a cheap pitcher tonight and you pass, you're still not going to be able to fill up your lineup with Rockies and, and, and Blue Jays. So you're going to need some cheap options elsewhere. And in some of the early lineups I put together that include Arietta, Fielder's been in there. I, you got to like it. his last four games. We got ten fantasy points: eighteen point seven, twelve point two, and twenty five point two. Prince Fielder was the big name that I highlighted on today's slate as well because I wanted to go with Tommy Joseph as part of a Philly stack. He should get the start tonight. I really can't argue with anyone that wants to play Tommy Joseph in there. But at the same time, I can understand people being relatively hesitant about a Philly stack. Understandably so. And if you need to save some money, going to Prince at 2400 is a near lock for me, especially the way he's been playing lately. Let's move over to the Keystone, though, Chris, where there's some high-priced options at second base, but also some decent value plays. Leading the way is Jose Altuve at 4,200, going against Shoemaker. You got Matt Carpenter at 4,000, going against Danny Duffy. Dustin Pedroia at 4,000, also in that matchup of the young pitchers between Eduardo Rodriguez and Blake Snell here. But I'm guessing there might be some value plays that you might want to look at, Chris. Uh, can you lead me in the right direction? Yeah. The person I have highlighted at that position is Logan Forsyth at 2,800 going against Eduardo Rodriguez. He's the leadoff hitter for the Rays. He'll get plenty of at-bats, and he owns a an OPS over 1,000 against left-handed pitchers this season. Now, <clears throat> it is a little bit of a, a limited sample size because he's been injured. He only has 40 at-bats, but he does have two home runs against them so far. And he actually, over a larger sample size, had a 972 OPS against lefties last season. And four, surprisingly, four of his five home runs have come at home at Tropicana Field. You think maybe that's a little more of a that's a little um, consider a little bit more of a uh, pitcher friendly park in general. But uh, he's taking advantage of it still. He's he's getting it's not really affecting him too much in terms of his power, and he has the ability to do both uh, hit home runs and steal bases. Eduardo Rodriguez has not allowed a stolen base yet, so he's maybe not going to get that. He got a part lefty. He's got a nice yes. pickoff move, but at the same time, Rodriguez likes to walk a lot of guys, so there'll, there'll be runners on most yes. likely. So the opportunity could be there. Yep, and there's definitely an opportunity to even if he doesn't just even to drive in runs or score runs. There's there seems like a fair no, uh, amount of opportunity to do that, and he's at twenty eight hundred, nice value. So. Yeah, absolutely. Forseth was the one play I wrote down as well. You know, if I'm doing air quotes here, but value, uh, he has a great chance of hitting that at 2,800. I also wouldn't mind using Jerickson Profar at 3,200. Double check that he's in the lineup or Rufnet Odor at 3,400. Any Rangers lefties are going to be in play tonight against Nova at Yankee Stadium. The the, uh, the right field fence very short there, of course, as we all know the story on Yankee Stadium now. Any Rangers lefty given this matchup tonight is one of my favorite stacks because that game is the second highest over under outside of Coors Field with good reason here what about third base though Chris it's a it's a spot that most people tend to typically pay up for a little bit you're really hoping to try and get a home run from that position as expected top two on the board are from that Blue Jays Rockies game Donaldson at 5,000 Arenado at 4,600 and of course third here 
Chris Bryant, 4,200, not bad against Straley at Great American Ballpark, so I wouldn't have a problem with that either. But say you need to find some value out of the third base position because you used Arietta or because you're using maybe some Rockies Blue Jays outfielders and want, and want to save some money at third base. If you're looking for value, where are you leaning towards, Chris? The the hitter that I'm looking at is potentially Jose Ramirez against John Gant. He's not a guy that has a ton of power. He only has four home runs, but he's a cheaper option in the middle of a red-hot Cleveland lineup. He hits, I believe, just in the bottom half, but he is in, in still in the middle of that lineup, and there's a good potential for him to have some RBI and some runs in that game. And he's reached double digits and FanDuel points three times in the last five games. So you're getting, some, I, th- I believe, some good value there for a guy that's sitting at just 3,200. And I, and I do like any, I mean, none of those, not many uh, Braves pitchers scare me outside of Julio Tehran. So it, John Gant's certainly not one of them either. So mm-hmm. I, of, of the, the guys in the Cleveland order, a lot of them pro- are up in price because they've been so good. But he's still sitting at a decent value, I believe, at 3,200. Yeah. Now, when I was looking at third base, there's really only one option for me, um, and that is Michael Franco at 2,900. I understand where you're going with Ramirez, uh, but I mean, Franco seems to be as chalk as it gets. Say you completely disagree with me and don't want to use a Philly stack. Okay, fair enough. You're still going to want to use Franco because for under 3,000, yeah, he's been skidding a bit lately, but I mean, he hasn't taken a zero since uh, June 19th, and, and since that zero, he's followed it up with 35 points, 6, 9, 24, 6, and 12. So there's that. And then, of course, you've got the platoon advantage over Robbie Ray at Chase Field. So throw out Joseph, throw out Rupp, get rid of any of the, the whoever they choose to bat one or two tonight. You know, if, if you don't want to use those guys, lean back to Franco because I think he has a very good chance to go deep once, maybe even multiple times tonight. And I'd say he at least has a 12-point floor. And for under 3,000, that's the kind of sacrifice that you're going to need to make if you want to make some of those pitchers work or if you want to get – your fair piece of that Rockies and Blue Jays game. So I'm all in on Michael Franco tonight. I'll probably make four or five lineups, and that'll be the one consistent spot in between them all. That's that's just me, though. That's the way I'm getting a piece of that Phillies game, uh, taking advantage of that hitter-friendly ballpark there. But, Chris, what about shortstop? You've got the usual, usual suspects here atop the list, guys like Lindor, Correa. But uh, is there anywhere where you'd like to find value tonight, or are are, are we paying up? I have uh, Taylor Motter at 2,400 going against Eduardo Arigas as well. Hmm. He's He has drastic splits against left-handed pitching. He's been terrible overall, but he is against lefties hitting 353 over 17 games. It is definitely, or 17 at-bats. Definitely a small sample size. He does have a home run and a double, though, against it. And again, we have a nice matchup there uh, in, in uh, against uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. So it's it's surprising you don't you don't think of him much. But he's a guy that sits at 2400 that could be a value play for um, cheaper. Another guy I have that a little more expensive. On the other side of that um, Yankees-Rangers game, going against Chichi Gonzalez, I actually have Didi Gregorius sitting at 2900 uh, He hasn't been – or Chichi Gonzalez hasn't been particularly great at AAA this season. And Gregorius has been extremely hot at the dish recently. Two home runs and a stolen base in the past two weeks with a 958 OPS – Good again. The left-handed hitter at Yankee Stadium generally is a nice piece to have, and Gonzalez is a guy who generally pitches to contact. He's not a big strikeout pitcher, so you have a lot of 
factors working in Gregorius's favor as well in that matchup. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't argue for any of those plays, but for me, the more and more I look at this slate, the more I I really think that I'm going to have to pay up for Lindor tonight. I mean, Lindor has been hitting pretty well lately. He comes with a $4,100 price tag. So that sometimes limits what you're able to do exactly. But, um, I, I mean, left-handed hitters have a hard contact rate of 33% against John Gant. And I think John Gant for the Braves is due for a big-time uh, blow-up here. So I, I'm going to, going to pay up for Lindor. If I can, I found ways to work him and Arietta into uh, into my lineups, and I'm going to keep it that way. If you don't want to pay up for Lindor, I really like uh, Brandon Crawford against the lefty righty matchup against Megden at home, and he's only 2,900. So if you if you start out with Arietta and, and only have a, a limited amount uh, average per player, Crawford can still get you in there without without hurting you too much. So Lindor, my option A, one A, I would say, but Crawford one B, especially if you need some value tonight. Chris, let's head on over to the outfield to wrap up the hitter discussion here. Are there any particular outfielders that stand out to you this evening, either as as chalk plays that you got to pay up for, or value plays that you want to find ways to work in your lineup? I'll start with uh, with a value play, and uh, one I believe could be a decent value tonight is Billy Hamilton at two thousand against Arietta. If assuming he's playing, generally he is at this point. Arietta is definitely a scary pitcher, and there's potential for a zero always. When you're going against Arietta, especially with a guy like Billy Hamilton, who is an extremely high average hitter. Uh, however, Arietta has allowed 11 stolen bases this year. So if Hamilton can reach base, there's still a chance for him to steal some bases there, and that gives you a fair amount of value right away if you can get a stolen base there. You're getting him at minimum price, and if you're looking for a guy to stick in there, I could see him being a value at that at that dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, and but if we're gonna go, this is where I have a few of those top tier guys. I like yeah. a couple of Rockies outfielders, both Carlos Gonzalez and uh, Charlie Blackman. I could see being good values tonight. Again, you look at it. Marco Estrada has been good this year, but he's a guy knowing knowing him from being in Milwaukee and even in Toronto. He's a guy that gives up a lot of home runs in general. Mm-hmm. He was so, on pace to set a record with the Brewers. I remember that year. It was crazy. They moved into the bullpen. That's really the only reason he didn't set the home run record. I know he's turned things around since then, but that's how I think when I think of Estrada. Yeah. I mean, that still sticks in my mind and I can see that and, and uh, definitely Coors Field amplifies any home run worries. So if you, uh, of those guys, I could see paying up for both Carlos Gonzalez and Charlie Blackman in that lineup. Mm-hmm. I see both of them. Um, he has allowed six home runs to left-handed hitters this season. So I, I, if I'm going to pay up, and that's a position I really feel like I'm going to pay up tonight. I uh, get some piece, finally get a piece of that Rockies. Yeah, I mean, if you pair both of those guys up with Billy Hamilton, you're averaging just over 3,000 a player, so it's not way too out of the question. I mentioned Billy Hamilton as well. FanDuel is very reactionary to matchups. At least it seems like it's the way that, that, that way this year. And Billy Hamilton at 2,000 is a great punt play because even a guy like Hamilton, even when he's going up against an ace, all those high BABIP guys that can leg out infield singles, find creative ways to use their speed to get on base, they're still in play for me, even if the price gets knocked down a whole lot. Maybe Hamilton legs out an infield single. You mentioned Arietta's susceptible to giving up steals and scores one of maybe one of the two runs that Arietta allows the night or something like that. So I think even if you're using Arietta, 
Arietta can still get the win, and Hamilton can get 15 FanDuel points, and that's essentially hitting value at $2,000. A couple other guys I want to look at. One in terms of value play, Chris Coughlin. He's only twenty three hundred. Um, I'm I'm kind of speculating at this point as to where he hits in the lineup, but uh, there's a chance that he gets that uh, that that favorable matchup. I mean, you've got another left-handed hitter going up against Straley, who is very susceptible to uh, lefties doing some damage to him. So that's something to consider. And if he bats high in the order, I mean, of course. Joe Madden's done a lot of things since Dexter, Dexter Fowler's been out with that leadoff spot. So there's a chance he moves up there. Again, check those lineups on the Rotowire lineup page just to be 100% sure. That guy's like Coughlin. Hamilton shouldn't be out, but you never know. Double check on that game because it's definitely worth it. Before wrapping up the outfield discussion, though, Chris, um, I got to go and throw in my Rangers lefties. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, I gave Profar and Odor the nod earlier. You mentioned Fielder as your first baseman. I think Mazzara is just as much of a lock at 2800 and he's also a good way to save a little bit of money. I mean, both Nomar Mazzara and Mitch Moreland are 2800 Moreland's now outfield eligible. So both are in play if you're trying a Rangers stack. At the very least, I think Mazzara should be in most lineups going up against Ivan Nova here. So, you know, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty interested in the Rangers stack this evening. Um, there's a lot of other potential stacks in play here. Of course, everyone's going to want to stack as much of the Rockies Blue Jays if they can afford it. Are there any other stacks at all you're looking at uh, that we've discussed at all? Or um, you kind of... Uh, spreading it out a little bit tonight chris i could still see some of those atlanta or cleveland hitters going against john gant i could see that being a decent mm-hmm. stack too it may be one that goes under the radar a little bit because everyone's going to look into those two games mm-hmm. so if you're looking for a stack that you could maybe put into some a tournament play that would be not as heavily owned there's a chance you know they get a lot of runs and there will be probably low ownership on some of those guys because mm-hmm. of the other two games we mentioned yeah, my lineup so far, I've got Arietta with a Rangers stack, which is highly affordable, and I've got Arietta with a Philly stack. I'm going to keep tinkering and see what else I can work with today, but Rangers and Philly stacks, as opposed to Rockies Blue Jays stacks, pretty affordable. But let's say, I mean, if you want to use a Rockies Blue Jays stack, you're going to have to get a tournament pitcher, which we will get to in just one second. MLB season is here, and that means Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com to play now. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1 so anyone can play. That is FanDuel.com, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. I alluded to tournaments here, Chris. Uh, If you want to put multiple Rockies, multiple Blue Jays, some of those approaching a $5,000 price tag, there's got to be some pitchers that you might want to look at where you can save three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 as opposed to going with the top option in Arietta, is there any kind of tournament player that really jumps out at you on today's slate the tournament pitcher that i'm looking at is danny duffy at 7400 against the cardinals he has eight strikeouts or more in three of his last four start he has recently had some issues with walks but he has a high ceiling he's a guy that has topped has reached 60 points against the white Sox three starts ago so he's a guy that he can rack up the strikeouts, and that's what you're really trying to get if you're going for a tournament play. Obviously, the win is ideal, and there's still a decent chance he's actually favored in that game. There's, they're, they're minus 120 favorites against Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals tonight. So you have the potential for a win, and you have some high strikeout potential, which are two factors that I want to look for in a tournament play. Mm-hmm. So the Cardinals... 
in particular haven't been great against or haven't been terrible against lefties this year, but they do have a, a history of being mm-hmm. bad against left-handed. Generally, in year in and year out, they've been pretty bad against left-handed pitchers. So, uh, And the game is also in Kansas City, which is generally a little more pitcher-friendly. Uh, and so you have some factors working in his favor, and he's a guy that I would definitely target mm-hmm. as a potential tournament play tonight. Yeah, Duffy stands out to me. You got the Royals minus 116 home favorites at the K, very tough ballpark to get out of in terms of home runs here. So I like that. Uh, my tournament play, I'm going to use it just because of uh, the pitching matchup. I think a lot of people are going to be backing off Joe Ross tonight because uh, Noah Syndergaard is going to be opposing him. But I expressed my concerns in the show previously about Syndergaard possibly not going super deep into this game uh, as a result of the elbow concerns from the last time. And also, I mean, the Mets lineup is terrible. Even assuming that they get Granderson and Cabrera back today, they both were resting yesterday, you're still starting guys like, I mean, the back half of that lineup, James Loney, Wilmer Flores, Brandon Nimmo, Deaza, Rivera, or or Darno, or whatever. I mean, that looks very much like a minor league lineup here. So I'm targeting the Mets until they get a little bit healthier. As long as you can pitch your way around Cespedes and Walker, there's not a whole lot that scares me about that lineup. And I think Joe Ross should be able to handle that. So 8,100, yeah, he's a little bit more expensive. He might almost be in that middle tier. But I do like him for tournaments today. Otherwise, you know, I mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez being risky. Blake Snell is also probably pretty risky going up against the Red Sox. But I think either of those young pitcher options offer you enough strikeout upside. If you want to really punt the pitcher position, generally not advisable on FanDuel with only one pitcher, but something that if you want to try that strategy, stack up on your Rockies and Blue Jays. I'd say you, you could give one of those guys a shot here, but... Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, pitchers, weather report. Wanted to quick wrap that up here before we uh, finish the show. Uh, Indians and Braves, we got 58% chance of rain with a chance of thunderstorms. So you mentioned a potential sneaky Indian stack. You're going to want to watch the weather on that. Mets and Nationals, we're looking like 50-50. Maybe not going to get del- or like not going to get canceled, but it's absolutely worth checking the weather there. Uh, Jays and Rockies, of course, the biggest hitting stack. Looking for light showers early there. All right, well, thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Remember that first-time FanDuel users that make a deposit of $25 or more via Rotowire and get six months of complimentary access? To check out rotowire.com on your own, just go to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash pod. For Chris Benzine, I'm Jake Letarski. One last Twitter reminder, you can follow Chris at crispy272002. You can give me a follow at jakeski52. Otherwise, the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Baseball Podcast will return Tuesday with myself and John McKechnie.